get your notes out, and we're going to talk about a series called The Essentials, Getting Back to the Basics. Essentials, Getting Back to the Basics. I want to really share my heart with you over these next four weeks. We're going to talk to you about four things that I believe are four keys to us really jumping this year off, getting it started right, and opening the door for God's favor and blessing to flourish in and through your lives. How many wants a year of the favor and the blessing of God to just be abundant in your family and in your life? Amen? And so I'm going to give you four keys, and I really want you to grab these and really put them into your heart, into your life. And then on the fifth Sunday of this month, we have designated that our Vision Sunday, and that's the Sunday we're going to share with you what's happened in the last year. We're going to share with you our vision and expectation for this year. We're going to give you some tremendous reports that's going to be an exciting, encouraging time with you. And, and so it's going to be a great, great day. So it's going to be an amazing month for us. So lock in each Sunday. Plan on being here. Let's get ready for a great, great, great year, all right? So we're in this thing called the essentials, getting back to the basics. And I want to talk to you today about essential number one, and that's called pray first. Pray first. If prayer doesn't precede it, it's probably not going to work. Well, let me say that one more time. If prayer doesn't precede it, it's probably not going to work because you've got to pray first. And, and I want to share this because order of priority is very important. And what we put as priority in our life, what we put first in the activity of our day has the power to influence the direction and outcome of our day, our week, our month, and our year. Let me put it to you like this. What you do with the first has the power to bless or curse the rest. So what you do with the first of your day has the power to bless or curse the rest of it. What you do with your week the beginning of your week has the power to bless or curse the rest of it. What you do with your year has the power, the beginning of your year, to bless or curse the rest of it. Let me explain that to you. In your day, if you start your day out with daily devotions, a time that you lock in with God and with the Word, and you pray and have a time of prayer and worship, you have given God the first fruit of your day. That's why the Bible said, early will I seek him, the psalmist said. Early will I call upon him. The Bible even teaches us that Jesus early in the morning went to a solitary place to pray and meet with the Father. And so when you start your day off with worship, start your day off with prayer, you're giving God the first fruit of your day. And what you have done is you've opened the door now for him to bless the rest. And when you give God your Sunday, that's why I said forsake not the assembling, forsake not that Sunday gathering with the body of Christ. When you give God your Sunday, this coming to church, you did more than just get a, a check in heaven that, yeah, they were at church on Sunday. No, you know what God sees? You're giving him the first fruit of your week. You're giving him the first fruit of your day. That, that Sunday's the first of the week. And you know what I did? I just opened up the door for God's blessing on my week. And then we're going into a 21-day fast starting today. Many or some have started it this morning, some starting at lunch, some starting it tonight. But today, somewhere in here, we're starting our 21-day prayer and fasting. And what are we doing? We're giving God the first of our year. That we're telling God, we're going to commit to you this first of our year. We're giving you these first 21 days for prayer and fasting. And what are we doing? We're opening up the door for God's blessing and favor through the remainder of the year. 
And so I want to talk to you about that today. Because you see, if you do not have quality time to pray, you don't have time for God in your life. Let me say that again. I didn't even get one amen. I got one well. (laughs) If you don't have time for quality prayer in your life, you don't have time for God. And so I really want to challenge you today. Now, it's going to be quiet. I expect that during this type of sermon. But uh, you'll be shouting me down in weeks to come because it'll work for you. All right? And so in Psalms, let's go to our text, and we're going to use each Sunday throughout this series, Psalms 90, verse 12. And it says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain the heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days, to know what is of most importance. Numbering our days means that we realize that we're running out of time and our priorities should be put in order so that we can maximize our results and maximize our expectation in that day, that week, that month, and that year. Teach us, God, to number our days, to realize the importance of every day and then realize the importance of every hour of that day. And if God would backtrack and show us a a video of of what we did in the last seven days, how many hours in those seven days did we waste on things that have no eternal family, financial impact in our life at all that's productive? And realizing that we got to number our days, and he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And notice he didn't say knowledge. Knowledge means knowing what to do. But rather, he said, teach us a number of our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You you know, everybody's like, make New Year's Year's resolutions. (laughs) Been talking for three long days, all right? Go make a New Year resolution. I don't do resolutions because here's the thing. When he says, give us a, uh, let us gain a heart of wisdom. You see, we don't need to make New Year resolutions we, we need to go practice the values we already know. Amen. We just need to go do the truth and the knowledge of what we already have. I, I don't need to come up with something new. I just need to go practice what I already know to be truth. And we know the values that we already have, yet we often live our life opposite of what we know to be right and truth today. And so my challenge to you today as your pastor is, let's, let's don't go say, God, give me knowledge. Let's say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me a heart of wisdom because wisdom is the ability to do the knowledge that you already have. Is that God gives us wisdom to, to set our day, to put priority of time, to set in order our day so that we're now walking in the knowledge and the power of that knowledge and truth that God has already given to us. And if you're not living every day as part of the impact on your year, you will be right where you are now at the end of this year or worse. And how many's had those years in your life that you spent 12 months and look back over them and go, I didn't go nowhere. Kind of right where I was. And, and God's, that's not his plan for you today. And, and here's the challenge in the scripture is that I've got to take every day of my life and put things in right priority and order, and ask God for wisdom to fulfill the knowledge and truth that I already have, and that I now can begin to invest into my life and find God's favor and purpose and plan and let it be fulfilled in my life. You see, if you only see yourself as a physical thing, then you will focus on the things daily that deal with your physical. Things like my resolution, you know, everybody's like, 
oh, this is a new year. I'm going to lose weight. Well, you've said that for 14 years. I'm going to the gym. Well, that ain't happened yet. Well, I'm going to make more money. And all of those things are good. We need to do them. But we have to come and understand that if that's your target, then that will be your outcome. And it will only deal with the flesh, the physical. But if you understand that you're a spiritual being with ability to impact people, communities, regions, nations, and the world with a hope of an eternal life with Jesus, your focus on things will be much greater than just the physical. And we have the authority and the power to do that. Yes, we need to be in shape. Yes, we need to be healthy. Yes, we need to do those things. Yes, we need to make money so that we can spread the gospel around the world, take care of our families. Yes, all of those things in the physical are important, but they can't become our only focus that they are part of the routine and the cycle that Jesus gave us that now through our health, through our income, through our message, through our wisdom, we can now go impact. God's given you a sphere of influence. He's given you a job, a community you live, people you hang with, people that you associate with. They're your sphere of influence. God wants you to impact and help change their life. And we do that when we come and put things in proper order. How many knows it's crazy out there? It's like stuff's coming from every direction, isn't it? I mean, it's like one thing after another after another. Arrows coming from every direct. Getting that one solved, and here comes three. Come on, is that just my world, or is that yours too? I mean, it's like crazy, you know? I mean, my, my brother's in the final stage of a brain disease and hospice care. My grandson's been diagnosed terminal. My wife just had major surgery. That's why she's not here. I'm at home last night. I get a phone call from my uncle in Tallahassee, and he said, your aunt just has five days left to live, and we really need you here like right now. And I'm like, that can't happen, you know? And all of those things just boom, 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 boom come at you, and what we've got to find out now is, okay, how do I live into that type of environment put things in order in my life and come out and understand my divine purpose and destiny on this earth and walk it out to the fullness of what God has for me. I'm gonna help you with that today. Amen, you ready? Okay, pray first. 21 days of prayer and fasting. We start today. And and the first 21 days, why are we doing this? Why, Why are you doing this, Pastor? We wanna tell God you're first. You're the first in our life and we're gonna commit and sacrifice to you first in our year. And so we're giving God these 21 days, and I'm, I'm challenging, I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'm challenging every person that makes this your church, if you can, and I know some can't, so we're not keeping rolling, going, where was she at? We're not doing that. If you can, we would love for you to meet us here at 6 o'clock every morning, Monday through Friday, and then at 9 o'clock on Saturday, I'm really asking everybody in the church that can to come out at 9 o'clock on Saturday. So every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7, we're going to satellite in as we did in August, uh, Church of the Highlands or one of our fellowshipping churches, and they're going to be bringing the worship. We're joining over a million believers in America are going to be in this 21-day prayer and fast with us at the same time, worshiping with the same songs, responding to the same 8, 10-minute message of exhortation, and then praying together over your needs. And it's powerful, man. It's powerful. So come out and join us. And as we walk through this challenge, here's what Luke says, Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. 
prayer and fasting. I want to just do a teaching today because how many realizes the importance of prayer in your life? Everybody pretty much have that, okay? I want to talk to you today about fasting and adding that to your prayer life because the disciples came to Jesus one day and, and they were praying for people and they were praying for these people and nothing was happening. And there was powers that controlled them and, and nothing was happening and Jesus walked right behind them. He laid a little prayer on them and boom, powers destroyed. And they came back to Jesus and went, hey, what, what's going on here? Because we prayed just like you prayed and nothing happened when we prayed and And what was the difference? And Jesus looked at them and said, this kind only takes place through prayer and fasting. And I want to say to you today, there's some miracles and breakthroughs in your life that will only take place through prayer and fasting. And I want to help you today because we're going to start off this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I pray that it will encourage you through these 21 days to, to bring prayer and fasting, especially adding fasting to your daily prayer life and let it become part of that cycle that we talked about, that priority and that routine of order. And so I'm going to give you six things about fasting that I want to talk to you today so that you gain an understanding and hopefully clear up some things and maybe correct some teaching that, that was an error that I grew up in that was wrong, and it made fasting a job instead of a joy. And so I want to help that today. Number one, When you go into this prayer and fasting, if you can be here, please be here. If you can't, join us at home, wherever you're at. If you can in that hour, join us. But first thing I want to challenge you to do is determine your objective. Determine your objective. Don't go into this fast and this prayer time with no certain goal in mind, no objective in mind. How many here have some miracles you need God to perform in your life or your family right now? And I mean, my family last night gathered at my house because my wife was sick and they, she'd been in a hospital for three days. And, and, uh, and so all the kids come over last night and we did a family thing. We try to do that as often as possible. Once a week, we try to. And everybody come over and hang out. And, and so, but one of the things I had our, all of my kids do was write down, what do you believe in God for? What is it? So as a family... All of us are praying in unity specifically over what everyone is needing God and asking and believing God to do. And and I want to challenge you to write them down, and outside in the lobby, we have a little prayer request form, just a little piece of paper. No place for you to put your name unless you want to. You're welcome to, but it's going to be very private. Put down those needs, what you're believing God for, and put them in the little gray bucket back there. And every morning when we pray, people are going to come up and just pick your need up, and they're going to walk around and begin to pray over it. And last summer when we did this, we had a lady sitting right up here every Sunday. Her marriage was in divorce for almost over 10 years. I mean, they were already divorced mentally. They just hadn't done it legally yet. And, and God spoke to her in that 21-day fast and changed her heart, and through that changed her husband's heart toward her. They both were wrong and both were right, and changed their hearts. She's walking around with a brand-new mega diamond ring right now. I just want you to know that because God has totally restored their marriage and put their home back together, and it happened in that 21-day fast. We have a lady sitting in here right now, share with me this morning. In that fast, she was quitting her job. 
She shared this this morning. My office, she said, Pastor, I can't wait for this fast to start this prayer time. And she shared with me, and she said, I was quitting because the boss I had and the management over me was hostile and wicked and evil toward me. And God spoke to me in that fast to pray for a change, not leave. And I, in that 21 days, I prayed for a change. And she said, I got the best job. I, she said, I've been promoted, 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 promoted income beyond what I dreamed. She said, I couldn't imagine life without this job. It works when you work it. And so I want to challenge you. Begin to write down your objectives. Trust God for three or four specific miracles. And here's the word that God keeps dropping in my spirit. And even over this last weekend, God has been like, boom, this, this word keeps coming to me through different ways and different people. And on the way to church this morning, two pastors that I'm in fellowship with in different states, they, we, we pray for each other. We're accountable partners for each other. Both of them sent me a word this morning or a little encouragement on a text on the way to church, and, and both of them put the word in that encouragement suddenly. And that's the word God's been speaking to my heart that put down your request, put down your objective, put down what you're believing God for because God can suddenly show up in your situation and do the impossible. Tommy is a suddenly miracle that my son Tommy was in an accident and given zero chance to live. For 24 days, we were told he's dead, he's brain dead. There's zero chance for him to live. But on that 24th day, God suddenly showed up. I said he suddenly showed up and he turned medical science in reverse and he did the impossible. And can I tell you, I'm believing for suddenly in my grandson. I'm believing for suddenly in my brother. I'm believing for suddenly in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your miracle. Don't give up on your children that are acting like the devil. God can suddenly interrupt their journey. Yes, he can. And he can suddenly work the miracle that you need in your life and in your family. But you gotta put down what you're believing God for and then expect a sudden God to show up suddenly in your situation and work a miracle on your behalf. Suddenly, you got to write it down. Believe it. James put it like this. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. God's saying, this isn't about you. This is about the kingdom. So I don't believe God's going to heal Jabin for me. I believe he's going to heal Jabin so the kingdom can be glorified. That's Tommy. Tommy, when they, the doctors rebuked me, they said, you just want to keep him alive for you. I said, I don't want to keep him alive to be a vegetable. I said, I want him to live for the glory of God. I want him to live so God's name can be exalted. When people see Tommy Hinn, they don't go, well, that's for Dan Livingston. They go, that's for the glory of God. Only God can get credit for that. You see? And so we, we're coming and expect God to show up in your world. Be specific on what you're believing God for. Number two, is then decide what type of fast you're going to go on. Everybody, once you get that wrote down, decide what type of fast you're going to go on. Every fast in the Bible was around food. Not video games, not TV, not the iPad, food. Now, you need to stay away from some of that stuff during the fast, but that can't be your fast. Fasting is food. Okay, let's clear that up. Well, I just disappointed some of y'all. I can tell withdrawals are going already, okay? But the Bible talks about a total fast. I'm gonna go real quick here. The Bible talks about a total fast. A total fast is water only. 
And, and uh, I encourage many of you, try that, but don't try to go do it. If you've never fasted, a seven-day total fast is not for you, okay? Because about the third day, you're going to hate God, hate me, hate your spouse, hate your dog. You're going to hate everybody around you, okay? Uh, total fast. And I'm only sharing this because I'm teaching you today. I would never get up here and say this, but you need to plan your fast out before you get in it. Don't go into this 21-day fast going, well, I'll just do whatever I feel like every day. You won't fast at all because your body's going to be over here going, feed me, feed me, feed me, and you're going to listen to it. But you got to make up your mind now and then discipline yourself. Every 21 days, I do a different type fast. And last August, I did a seven-day total fast for the first seven, 10 days, total fast for the first 10 days, and then I did Daniel fast for the rest. All right? This one, I'm doing a Daniel fast for seven days, total fast for seven days, and then Daniel fast for the last seven. That's already, I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to discipline myself accordingly. All right? You need to pick what type of fast. If you don't know what a Daniel's fast is, go to our website. It's right there, the details about it. But you have a total fast, which is water only. There's a juice fast where you drink juices and no food. Uh, there's, there's a partial fast, which means you fast a meal a day or a couple meals a day, and then you eat the normal meal. Uh, Daniel's fast is Daniel was taken captive with the Jewish people, and the king brought Daniel in to try to swing him over and to win him on his side and begin to try to wine and dine him. And, and they brought the king's meat to Daniel and the Hebrew boys. And Daniel said, we don't eat that. It's been offered to idols. And the servant said, no, you got to eat it because you got to look strong and healthy or the king will have my head. And Daniel said, we're not eating that. You just bring me vegetables and, and fruit and nuts of the ground that no, no, no dairy, no meat. It's just vegetables and fruit. And that's all I want, and water. And the servant said, that's not going to make you healthy. And Daniel said, try it and see. And so they did. And when they came back, while others were weak and diseased, Daniel and the boys were glowing with life. And, and the Bible said their wisdom was 10 times greater than those of the king. And it was so impressive that the king put the whole nation on the Daniel's fast. And so it's a powerful way to fast and pray. It's on our website, Matthew chapter 6, when you fast, do not look somber as hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly." And so I'm asking you, as part of TC family, if you don't need a miracle today, there's people around you that do. And let's take these 21 days and let's get specific in our objectives. Let's commit ourselves to a fast and to prayer. And I believe that God is suddenly going to show up in your, in your sickness and bring healing. I, I had Jabin last night in my arms at my house. Had him in my office after the first service this morning, my little grandson. And the words I'm speaking to him, I, I, last night I was saying, Jabin, you are suddenly going to talk to your papa. Jabin, you are suddenly going to get up and start walking again. Jabin, you are suddenly, I begin to just speak suddenly over him. And someone, they, I even had someone we, several days ago, they said, I'd be careful about publicly saying, you know, and I go, that's not my job. Healing Jabin is not my job. Expecting his healing is. You see, some of you, you got to get out of that, well, what if it don't happen? That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to trust God, and however God deals with Jabin, 
If he goes to heaven, he's going to go to heaven. If he stays here, he's going to stay here. But both ways, he's going to say, my papa, he was on the front line fighting for me, man, with everything within him, trusting the God that he believed in. And, and you got to stand up and go, no, this is it. Come to that place that God will suddenly bring income to your family that you couldn't believe could come. He'll suddenly bring promotions and raises into your life. He'll suddenly bring that job you've been waiting for for months and years to get. He'll suddenly put your marriage back together as we're seeing. He'll suddenly bring that healing that doctors say it can't happen to you, but it can when God gets involved. Suddenly, suddenly, pick your fast. Stick with it for these 21 days. Number three is you got to design your fast around your heart, not your food. And this is where many people mess up. And this is where we were taught wrong. It was an unconscious thing that we were taught, but we were taught wrong. You need to make your fast a heart thing, not a food thing. And if you're not careful, and here's what I watch happen all the time when the church goes on a fast, you'll focus more on the fast than you do the expectation of your prayer. You'll get around people and your conversation will be, what fast are you on? What do you want? Well, how's your fast going? How's your fast going? And prayer gets lost in the midst of it. Are you with me? Fasting is important, but we are not going on a 21-day fast. We are going on a 21-day prayer and fasting while we do it. Are you with me today? Now, I know this isn't stuff that's going to make you go, ooh, that, that preacher was on fire today. But 21 days from now, if you do this, you'll come back and go, that message was the key to a life change in my life, if you'll just do it. And so you got to realize, build your fast around, design it around your heart, not your food. Joel put it like this, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning, listen, rend your heart and not your garments, Return to the Lord your God. God's more interested in your heart. He's not up in heaven going, well, check mark, check mark, fast check mark, Dan, check, check mark. He's interested in your communication with him. He's interested in your heart. He's not up there keeping log on your fast. He wants you to know his heart, and he wants to get yours. And we do that when we build it around our heart, not our food. Next is there is a death to the flesh. When you begin to fast and pray, there's a death that begins to take place in your flesh. Anybody in here found out there's still some flesh going on in your world? Still some struggle going on? Am I the only one or is there anybody still dealing with that? There's still some flesh going on, right? And fasting and prayer puts the flesh to death, starves it, it kills it. And one of the teachings we grew up in the church was that fasting is punishing your body to prove to God how much you love him. Anybody else get taught that? Man, if you go on a fast, you're just punishing that body. You're showing God through your agony and pain how much you love him. There's nothing scriptural about that. Fasting is the process of denying the desires of your flesh for spiritual purposes because you and I are triune beings. We are threefold. Here they are. You're a body, and my body is my flesh, and my flesh is always saying, feed me. Always feed me. My flesh is wanting food. It's wanting wrong food. 
See, I didn't get one yes on that one. It's wanting bad food. My flesh sees that woman walking by that's not my wife and wants to go take a second look and go, uh-uh. My flesh is that thing that could get on the internet and go to the wrong place. Oh, Lord Jesus. Now, your flesh is always saying, feed me, isn't it? And there's constant battle with your flesh. I don't care who you are. I don't care how saved you are, how sanctified you are, how in love with Jesus you are. Your flesh is wicked, cruel, and evil. And if you let it, it'll destroy you. Then we're a soul. And our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And it's world conscious. It's all about the desires of the world and things around me. And then I have a spirit, and that's God conscious, and that's the only part of me that lives forever. And you see, here's the thing. My body is screaming daily to be satisfied. The lust of the flesh to to be satisfied. My body's constantly crying out for that. But then my soul, watch this now, My soul is crying out to make decisions on emotions. And emotional decisions are almost always bad ones. Remember your soul is your mind, will, and emotions? And when you make emotional decisions, that's what causes the marriage issues. Emotional decisions is what makes people take their lives. And there's this constant battle of the body saying, feed me, feed me. My emotion's going, I want my way. I'm doing this on an emotional thing. And then my spirit man's God conscious. Just trying to get this thing. And here's the thing. One of those is in control of your life every day. Your body, it's winning. Or your soul, my emotional stuff's winning. Or my spirit's winning. One of those is ruling your life every day. Which one? The one you feed the most. Thank you. It's my cousin. She's visiting today. Which one's ruling your life? The one you're feeding the most. If you're over there on that internet watching that pornography, guess which one's winning? The body. If you're over here dealing with the emotional thing, and let me be transparent. I always try to be transparent, and i got to hurry here. I've been on a year of roller coaster ride of emotions with my grandson. I ain't lying to you. One day you're so full of faith, God's got this, and the next day you're like, where in the world are you? And it's a, it's one day you're like speaking over him, and the next day going, I don't know. I'm just being honest. And you got to realize that, you know what, every day that that thought began to get over me, I had to immediately, immediately come back to start feeding that spirit man with worship and the word, and here's what the word of God says. Because if I don't, this one just ruined, just took over my day. And now it controls not just my day, but my week, my month, and my year. And so you've got to come and grab hold of this and understand you're a triune being, and the one that you focus on and feed is the one that's going to rule your day, your month, your year. Good preaching. That's worth coming to church for if you don't do anything else. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, the body and the soul, you will die. If your body and your soul, if those two are in control, you're going to die, the Bible says. Some are experiencing that right now. When you let your flesh rule, life's miserable. How many found that out? That when I make decisions according to the lust of my flesh or by emotions, 
the consequences is misery. Really is. But, I mean, he's glad there's a but right there. But if you, by the Spirit, but if by the Spirit, if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you'll live. Next, I got to quickly cover this. You got to discover a new lifestyle. Discover a new lifestyle. In this prayer and fasting, you see, fasting is not about a food thing. It's about a soul, spirit thing. Someone came to me after the August fast, and they, they were with us in the last service, and they gave me permission to share it, or I would never have done it in front of them. But they came into my office after the fast, and they said, Pastor, I don't get it. They said, I, I went on the fast. I did the Daniels to a T. I barely missed a morning prayer. I did everything that you said to do, and not one thing happened through my 21 days of prayer. And I looked at them in the eye, and I said, okay, you're being honest with me. You want me to be honest with you? Can I talk to you as a pastor now and a friend? Please do, pastor. I said, okay, I will. You kept going to the same places, the wrong places. I said, you kept watching those filthy movies full of sex, GD, and the F-bomb. I said, you kept listening to raunchy music, and you kept hanging around with losers. You didn't change your lifestyle. You just tried to add 21 days of prayer to what you were already doing. You can't starve your flesh, feed your soul, and expect spiritual results. You got to get that in your head. And let me say this. Wrong people aren't always bad people. They're just not going where you're going. And you can't get to Tallahassee getting in a car with somebody going to Mobile. And so you got to come today and realize, Isaiah put it like this, why have we fasted, they say, and have not seen it? We, we starve ourselves and God's not answering. Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not even noticed? He says, yet on the day of your fasting, you still do as you please. You haven't changed anything about you. And if you want your fast and prayer to work, you got to change your lifestyle with it. That's some good preaching right there. Hadn't charged you a dollar for that. <laughs> Spend time with your family. Turn your TV off. Change some things. Go get a puzzle. Instead of one in a room and one in a room and one in a room, get around the kitchen table. Put a puzzle together. Play a game. Do something different. Take things out of your world that's not building you spiritually. And as a family, and believe God, for that sudden, impossible thing of your life, God, to suddenly show up and do something amazing in your heart and in your life and in your family. Last of all, declare results. Begin to speak them forth. Call things as though they are, even though they're not. Begin to declare it. Don't go by what you see. Go by what you're believing for. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Begin to declare your resolves. I don't want to pastor church that just gets along, doesn't fight, friendly people, good music, does good deeds in the community. That's not the church I want to pastor. I want to pastor a church that actually believes that God is awesome, powerful, and he still does the impossible today. 
I want to pastor a church that believes in prayer enough and fasting that we commit that to God, ourselves to God. And when people walk in this building on a Sunday morning or whenever, we don't have to have an hour-long prayer line to convince them that God's powerful. We don't have to do somersaults up here to try to convince you that the power of God's real. But just coming into the place of the worship of God, there's a power in the atmosphere that'll take atheists and transform them into believers. It'll take agnostic and put them on the platform leading worship right now that a year ago walked in here that didn't even believe God existed and came in here resisting him. But in the atmosphere of worship, God spoke to their heart. They even ran out to the car and tried to leave and the Holy Spirit said, get back in there. And they did. And on that Sunday, they gave their heart to God. And now they're playing on our worship team. I want a place where we don't have to have a two-hour prayer line. Just get in the midst of the atmosphere and healing just drops in the room and miracles take place. And nobody gets exalted but Jesus in the midst of it because the power and the presence of God is there. And when you begin to declare the kingdom of God, let the kingdom of God come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to come and man get the attention. We just come and honor him. And God does it and he gets all the glory in the midst of it. That's all I want. That's the church I want to pastor. That happens through prayer and fasting. Because we can put a dynamic team, and we do. We have one of the best. We have a church of some of the greatest people in the world. You come here, you're going to get loved and received and welcome. I don't care where you are in life. And we want you here. We want you part of our family. But you know what? More than any of that, I want an atmosphere of God's presence that can be life-changing for you, that he'll do everything you need in your heart and in your life. Begin to declare forth what you're believing God for. And here's what Isaiah said will happen, and I close. When you do that, he said, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly, suddenly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And you will call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry for help and he'll say, here I am. That's God's desire for you this year. And I want to challenge you today to commit to these 21 days. I've put some scriptures there you can take home and read that giving God your first fruit of prayer provides blessing on the rest. And here's three things I want to leave you with. Write them down on your notes. They're there. Number one is go back and remember your first love. Just go back and remember your first love. How many remembers that day that you met Jesus? Go back to that first love, that recommitment to him. Number two is remove all obstacles. Get rid of all the excuses. Get rid of all the obstacles that could stop you from moving into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Whether it's here at home or at work, in your car, wherever you gotta be, set that time aside. If that one hour is not available to you, go earlier or later, but set that hour aside. Remove all obstacles, and then, last of all, return to the path of obedience because obedience is better than sacrifice. Coming back to a place of just obeying God's word, doing what God asks us to do. And when we do those, we're going to see the blessing and the favor of God flourish, flourish in our life. I'm going to say this in closing. I didn't say this in the last two services, but the whole time we were in worship, I kept felt, feeling this in my heart. And that's why I don't sit up here like a lot of pastors do. I don't like, no, I don't want everybody looking at me for an hour. 
And I, I like to sit out here because then I don't know who's in the room and God can speak to me and, and I have a freedom to listen. And God kept speaking to my heart that some of you, you've gone through some deep hurt, some deep, deep wounds, some deep, there's some stuff that's so, your heart's still open. Now, I didn't say this last two services. You cried until you don't have tears left. God wants you to know that this is your year of the suddenly. This is your day of the healing. And, and I, I'm going to use this word because I keep feeling it. This is your day of closure. God wants you to let that go and move on now into his blessing and his favor in your life. You have wept long enough. You've mourned long enough. And I don't mean that attacking you. You've been in that pit of mourning. You've blamed yourself for some stuff. You haven't forgiven yourself to move on. But I want to say this to you today. That day of mourning is over for you if you'll let it be. That's a word from somebody in this room right now. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus. That God, we sensed your presence in a powerful way in worship. You're here in this room right now. And I speak, God, a healing in Jesus' name and hearts right now, Father, that are wounded and hurt. I pray right now self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness right now, God. We forgive ourselves of our failure. Forgive ourselves of our mistake. Forgive ourselves of whatever happened. And we release ourselves from those who have hurt us. God, we're going to enter this year with new expectation, new declaration. This is our year to shine. May the glory of the Lord go before us and behind us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, right now I'm in a position that I just need to make a decision today. I need a decision with God. And today I just need to make a a fresh commitment to Him and things have happened in my journey and I'm not where I need to be with God today and, and I'm seeing the ramifications of that in my life and today I realize, you know what, His love for me hadn't changed. I just walked away but thank God He's a God of the third, fourth, fifth chance and today I just need another chance, Father and, and I'm just asking you to give me that chance. He's so ready for you to say that. and He's ready to give you that chance. We're ready to be a church for you on that journey. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand right where you sit? You can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm just ready for a fresh start, Pastor. What I'm doing is now just not working. I'm not bad. I'm not in a bad. I'm just, I'm just in a place right now that I need to move out of here and get where I need to be with God and watch Him do amazing things in my life. Anyone else before I pray? God bless you. God bless you. Will you pray this prayer with me? If you raise your hand or did not, and we're going to join you so you don't feel alone, say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, you join me and let's give God thanks for these many...